Hi, my name is Cade, one of the leaders here at Divergent Church. There's a few new faces I haven't seen before. Um, it's great to be with you tonight. How good is this rain? I'm, I'm from a farm, so it's, it's awesome. I know that back home, at, uh, and I, I'm, I was talking to my brother, and um, this rain's coming through, and I know it's, it's been a massive help for them. It's crazy to think that, you know, obviously there's been a drought for many years, but you know, we, we see in Sydney at the moment, 50% is the dam at the moment, which is crazy at this time of year. And it's something we need to keep praying for. You know, I, I guess we can get pretty sheltered here in the city, but continue to think of the people out in the land and uh, keep praying for the rain and, and for those out there. Um, but let's start with prayer this, this afternoon. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for your word, but we thank you for your rain, Father, the blessing that it is. And uh, we also thank you for Zach's word, Father, that you know, no matter what, um, if we're a dry barren land, that, there, that you always will bring blessings, Father. And I just thank you for the churches that are out um, in, the, in the land, Father, um, the work they're doing to shine the light um, and share the gospel. Uh, Father, but I also pray that this message uh, tonight is going to speak to us. Uh, you're going to speak through me. And I just pray that you show us how important uh, your word is and how important the tongue is, Father. In your name, amen. This year, I went through something that, you know, I wouldn't wish upon anyone else, and I kind of got myself in this situation. There was, a, there was a rumor going around in my workplace that, now for those that don't know, um, I'm a footy coach, an AFL coach, that is, not a, um, and one of the opposition coaches, the rumor was that him and the footy club were, were doing drugs. And it was coming from some of my players and I got kind of got caught up in this and I shared this with a, another opposition coach from a different team. Anyways, a couple of weeks later, I get this phone call from the head of the league saying I'm under investigation for spreading rumours. Now, you can imagine, I don't know if you've ever been through that situation where you've got caught gossiping and I don't know, I was pretty shattered myself. You know, a guy that comes up here and is teaching the word and uh, a leader and, and I talk and, you know, tell people not to gossip and here I've done that. And, you know, I had two, two ways I could have went through this. You know, I only shared this with one person and I could have, you know, just lied and said, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It was, you know, I only shared it with one person or I could go the other way and I could ring this coach and apologize. So I decided to ring the guy and I apologized to him. And it was amazing how God just worked through that situation. And he started to open up with me and how much this has affected his career and how much him and his partner, what they've been through and nearly lost his job over it because he was, and how, you know, the rumors weren't true and it just really affected him. And, and through that, you know, I have been able to speak into his life because <laughs> I shared with him that I was a Christian and how I, I, got, I knew the gossiping was a bad thing to do. And through that, we've, we've had this amazing relationship since then. So good that, uh, and I just think God was working through this. You know, we, we had this game where we won and because we've been chatting, you know, all throughout the year now, we, we call each other. And I remember in this game, I just thought, you know, this guy, we won. You know, it was a pretty close game. Pretty, it was a grudge match between the two sides. And he ran from one side of the oval as I was getting on the bus with my team, ran all the way around the oval to come to me and say, well done today, you guys were fantastic, um, you coached so well. 
And I was just like, wow, how amazing that we've gone from this, you know, and he was pretty cut at me, to now we've got this amazing relationship. And I was thinking about this and I wonder how many lives have been destroyed through our mouths, through the things that we've said. You know, how many careless words have been said, rumours have been started, uh, gossip, Facebook. I wonder how many things through social media people have been affected by the things that people have said. And you can probably think of instances in your life where someone said something about you or to your face and how much it's had an impact. Or maybe you can think of the things like me have said something about someone else and it's had an impact and you fully regret what you've said. And, you know, these things, they ruin friendships. Our mouths ruin friendships. Our mouths ruin marriages. Our mouths can ruin church. A amount of things that have, you know, gone through the church, people left the church because of what someone has said. You know, people thinking that they come into a church that's going to be loving, realizing that it's full of people and people say things that they shouldn't say and um, people get affected through that. And tonight I want to talk about taming the tongue. Taming the tongue. And James talks about this in James 3, which we've been going through the James series. So if you've got your Bibles with me, I'll have it up on the screen if it's up to you, what you want to do. But we're going to go through James 3 and talk about taming the tongue. Verse 1. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Now, if you've been around Divergent Church long enough, you probably would have heard us or Josh, you know, encouraging people to step up into leadership, encouraging people to be teachers of the Word. And James, kind of, it kind of feels like he's doing the opposite here, isn't it? Trying to discourage people from teaching. Now, why he says this is because as teachers and leaders, and I know he's talking more about teachers here, but I think this, this is the same for leaders, and I don't want you to think teachers are just the guys at the front of the room speaking. You know, you, we often, you know, life comes where, you know, you're leading people and teaching them the Word. So James is talking to all of us here in a way that we are teaching people, we're leading people. And, you know, as teachers and leaders, we're going to be judged more strictly. Why? Because we're leading people. And if we're teaching the Word, we can, we can put people on the wrong road, on the wrong path. Um, we could be leading them in the wrong way and... And James is saying, we, we need to be careful what we say. Careful. You know, I could say something here that could really affect someone um, and it could really destroy them as a person. So I need to be careful the words that I say. Um, but what James isn't saying is that teachers need to be bulletproof. He's not saying that. And that's why he says in verse 2, we all stumble. We all stumble. I think sometimes, I think it's, you know, and I've seen people that, you know, are leaders and teachers, they think they have to be bulletproof, uh, which is not, you know, James here and said, he's, he's saying he stumbles. We're not perfect. And studies actually have shown people are more willing to follow a vulnerable leader who is authentic than a bulletproof leader. 
And when I say bulletproof, someone that thinks they're like Superman and, you know, they've got nothing that affects them and they're walking around and telling people, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. You know, it's something that I've had to learn in my preaching when I first started that instead of saying you, it's we. Because I'm part of that. God is talking to me as well. And, and as, you, as you can see when I, with my story of gossiping, <laughs> I am not a bulletproof leader. I often stuff up and, um, and God has continually reminded me uh, to put me back on that path. But it's important also that I am speaking the truth and, and not swaying you guys off the wrong path. Let's continue reading verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets a whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So James uses some great illustrations here, and I I just wanted to put into today's context to give you a bit of an example. And, you know, he was talking about a ship here. So, for those that don't know, the biggest ship in the world right now, and I've got a photo of it if you want to put it up, uh, it's called the Harmony of the Seas. I think this morning I said Barbados. <laughs> I meant to say Barbados. Barbados. Uh, Barbados, sorry. <laughs> See, I'm not perfect. I often get... And... This is a ship that goes there, and it's 362 meters long. It's crazy. Uh, And it weighs 226,963 tons. I don't know, I just get amazed that these things float on water. Isn't that crazy? And it it holds 6,780 guests. Now, I come from a town of 1,100 people. This ship... Is bigger, holds more people than the town that I've come from. That is, that is crazy. Now, the next photo, if you put it up, this is the ship's rudder. It weighs 0.1% of the ship. 0.1% of 200,000 tons. And that rudder will steer this ship where it needs to go. It has a lot of power. Now, that's one example. Another example I want to use was um, a fire. Now, one of the most devastating fires that we've had in this country was the Black Saturday fire um, in 2009 in Victoria. It burnt 4,500 kilometers squared of land. It killed 173 people and 2,000 homes were destroyed. Do you know how that fire started? from a fallen power line that created a little spark. And that's how much devastation it brought. Now, this should show you how much power the tongue has. That's what James is trying to show here. This is what he's trying to illustrate. That your tongue, even though you have this body, and even though that tongue is small, and the, it has amazing power, amazing devastation. It can bring life. And it can be used for good but it can also bring devastation and be used for bad. Let's continue reading in James 3, 7. 
all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of this same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. How, you know, what, what is James trying to say here? How can we be praising God, but then in the same tongue we're cursing human beings? And I was just thinking about this, and I have a story about this. I remember growing up in school, and I had these friends, and they were, come, they were, they were, they were coming to church, they were on the worship team, you know, they were up the front, raising their hands, you know, doing all the right things. But what other people didn't realize, during the week, they were going to parties and getting drunk, doing drugs, and this is like their, their life. Uh, and I remember this, and I remember this, like, and I've used this story before, maybe you've heard it before. I remember going into school, and at school, these kids started to bully me for my faith. You know, and they were pushing me and calling me a happy clapper and, and all these things. And guess who was part of that group? The two guys that were going to my church. And I think this is what James is giving this a great example. He's going, you know, you can, you can maybe fool people by coming to church and raising your hands and, you know, looking like the great Christian. But then you're out partying on a Saturday night and drinking and sleeping around. You can't fool God. And there's something deeper going on here. James would say there's something deeper. You know, you might be able to put on this face and show everyone it's all good, but God knows there's something going deeper in here. And he continues here in verse 11. He says, Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, this, this sounds familiar. When I read this, I was like, this reminds me of what Jesus' half-brother said. Jesus. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 43 to 45, it, you know, and James is kind of echoing what Jesus said. Jesus said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not be, uh, pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of so that's what james is kind of saying here he's saying that fresh water won't come out of salt water they can't they can't come together and jesus is saying you know bad things won't come from a good heart he said good comes from good same as a tree, a, a tree, a bad tree won't produce good fruit. A good tree produces good fruit. So the question is, is our heart 
full of Christ? Is our heart full of Christ? Because if it is and it's full of Christ, good things should come out of our mouth. So what I'm saying when we tame the tongue is that it's important that we continue to check ourselves what we're saying. We need to continue to check the language that's coming out of our mouths. Now, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we don't actually know what's coming out of our mouth. And I think that's why it's important that we as a church are also checking one another as well, checking what we say. And it doesn't mean that we become a judgmental church. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if we understand that whatever we comes out of our mouth comes from the heart, well, we want to help and encourage people to, to, to come back to the heart and go, well, is, is your heart full of Christ? Is your heart reflecting Christ? Because right now, that bitterness that's coming out of your mouth or that anger that's coming out of your mouth, that's not reflecting Christ. There's something deeper going on here. And by us, you know, you know, helping one of our brothers and sisters through that, you know, and it's coming through love. It's coming to them and going, hey, I've just noticed that you seem really bitter this week. What happened? What happened in your week that I can help you through? What happened, uh, you know, last night? Because I've just noticed from, you know, two days ago, you were full of joy. And, you know, and then something's just changed in you, in your voice, in your language, your tone. What happened? And this is, the, this is what I think as a church we need to be is, you know, and you may get defensive, you may get reactive for someone coming to you and walking alongside of you, but if we do it out of love and helping each other, we, we just want to come back to the heart because we want to see the church reflecting Christ. We want to see everyone's heart reflecting Christ. And I'll give you a great example of this. Two weeks ago, shows you how perfect I am because I got caught in this negative mindset. And it was because of work. Work was not going well, and Ryan and Nicole can kind of vouch for this because they were with me for, during that week. I was getting these phone calls about work stuff, and it just wasn't going the way I wanted to plan because I was like, this is the year. And it was bringing me down, and I was kind of getting in this negative mindset, and I was, you know... Maybe my words weren't fully saying, but you know, even you know, Rach could see, my wife could see that I just wasn't myself. And I was kind of getting stuck in this, this depressive mindset in a way. And I could tell you, if I kept staying in that mindset, I know where it could have led to. And it was great. Rach's parents came along. And I know, Rach, you know, often you need more than just your wife because often they're the person always telling you. And it was Rach's parents that came in. They were staying with us and they noticed it. And they started to speak into it. And they were going, why, do, why are you worrying about it, Kate? Don't worry about it. God has it under control. And they started to encourage me and say, you know, it's out of your control. This has got nothing to do with you. This is not your fault. And it was just amazing how they kept speaking into it. And it, it, and it just wasn't one situation. It was throughout the day. And through that, they're like, hey, Kate, have you spoke to God about this? Have you prayed about this? <laughs> And here I'm a leader thinking, you know, I tell you guys to do it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Just, it was just a reminder. And so I sat there and I was just like, God, I give you this. God, I, I don't need this. Change my heart. Renew my mind. And honestly, from one night, I completely flipped. 
that morning I got out of bed and I wasn't thinking about it. It changed me. And it wasn't for Rachel's parents that spoke into me. And it just kind of reminded me that's what the church is for. Don't get me wrong, we have bad weeks. I get that. I, I, I have bad weeks. We as a church, we need to come and we need to speak life into people's lives and remind them that Christ has it under control. Christ is who we turn to. Not get caught up in this world of darkness. Now, I, I know some self-help, self-help people would say that you just need to speak positive words out. You know, you just need to speak over it. You need to speak and um, that will change your mindset. Now, there is some truth into that. There is some truth that, yes, we should speak it out and speak positive words. But I think sometimes we're speaking things that aren't true. What I think we need to do is we need to speak the truth of God out. We need to speak what God is saying, what He says about us, and listening to what He says about us. You know, often, you know, it says we need to learn to love ourselves. I don't think we need to learn to love ourselves. We need to learn to love God more. We need to learn what God is saying about us. Because if we can see God, if we can see, see through God's eyes, we'll know how much love He has for us. He will understand why He created us. If we can see ourselves through God's eyes. But if we continue to look in the mirror at ourselves, there are things that we're going to go through the world's eyes. We're going to see things in imperfections. God wants to change our hearts. He wants, he wants to, and, and the reason why I don't like the, the speak, you know, the self-help stuff where we speak it out, because, you know, you can, you can come to church and you can speak positive words, but your heart still might not be changed. You know, I can say something loving to you, but if my heart doesn't change, my tone can still be unloving. It's where the heart, where God, we're going to let that change our hearts and that'll be an outflow. And I love what Elise said uh, two weeks ago about this. She spoke about abiding in Christ. If we want to change our hearts, we need to abide in Christ. And she says this, and uh, she, she read out John 15. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, the word of God. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And what he's saying here, if we read in James earlier, it's actually, he said, no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. That's what he said. But through Christ, we can. If we abide in Christ, we can tame our tongue. And we need to understand how much impact our tongue has. I think people underestimate the tongue. I think people underestimate how much power this, this tongue can have. And I can tell you, 
You can walk into work and you can make someone's day or you can do the opposite. Depending, depending where, where our heart's at. And I want to show you a little example of what, what I mean by how powerful our tongue is. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to make someone feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I'm going to get Ryan up the front because he was a great volunteer and he put his hand up. And I'm going to do this drill. And I do this drill without my footy guys. Because I'm trying to change this culture of, you know, if you've been in Australian culture, for those that haven't grown up in Australia, it's kind of humorous that we should, you know, we bring in sarcasm, we bring people down. That's an Australian, and that's not a good culture, can I just say. And I've been, I've been involved in that, I grew up in that. So something I've been doing with my footy guys, and um, I've actually started doing it in our life comms as well, in our church, is that I get... One of the guys, um, and I just, I just get our guys and say, I want you to say something encouraging to him or her. And I just want you to speak something about their character, about them as a person, and speak from the heart. So I want to do this just to give you an example for Ryan tonight, just to, to show. So who, who wants to start? Who wants to say something about Ryan? I'll give the mic to someone. Who wants to go next? Just so I can hear. Um, I think Ryan's done a wonderful job stepping into uh, very big shoes and he's filling them well being the leader of this church. He's one of the best leaders I've ever met. Um, I, I think you're very submitted unto God um, in, in the sense that you just like um, obey Him and that you've, um, I guess, taken away like any pride that you may have had and just come under God. Um, and that's been a real inspiration to me in particular. I think I really appreciated um, like how vulnerably and how open you've led and I think you've been very honest with us um, and I think that also takes a great deal of humility so thank you you're kind of the best husband hundred <laughs> percent and you make me a better person every day cool I, I, I admire you. I don't know if, but, you know, where you've been in the last six months, where you've grown as a leader in the last six months, man, you are impacting lives and you don't realise it. But, man, you've come amazing uh, so far in the last six months as a leader. And, yeah, it's just, it just encourages me, encourages me to continue on and encourage, you, you encourage me to, you know, to be better as a leader and, um, I just thank you for your friendship as well. Now, yes, 
I also really admire that Ryan is so open about showing his emotions and he's a good example for the guys because I think it's something really important that all people can show emotions. Yeah. Now, obviously that's had an impact. How, how, do you, how do you feel like everyone's... Sa I know this is can be uncomfortable for people when we do this, but ha how do you feel now after everyone's speaking in? Um, I feel pretty taken back. Um, super encouraged. I guess um, as a leader, you, you're trying to, I don't know, just make sure that everyone's cared for and you kind of don't stop to um, to sit back and, yeah, to have people to talk. Encouragement over that when it is a hard job um, it is really always nice to hear. Um, yeah. Cool. And it just amazes me, every time we do that, uh, especially the footy guys, they are the best trainers every time, without doubt, on the, on the track. To the point we, we had this, we did it for one of the guys at the, at, the, at the training session, and then we did a wrestling competition straight after, and he wasn't even the biggest guy, he was just one of the, he won the wrestling competition after we did this drill. And I just was blown away of how much that can have an impact. And just to give you an understanding, encouragement means putting courage in. And isn't that what we struggle with often during the days? You know, getting up in the morning, it's because, you know, we, we, we struggle to face the world. And that's what encouragement does. And that's what we as a church should be doing. We should be putting courage into people's lives. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, that's, that's, that's my heart for this church, is that we are a church that encourages. We are a church that loves, that when people walk in, man, they feel, they feel the power of God. You know, they don't come into this negative mindset, they, they feel the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, and that's, that's where... Our courage comes from, comes from God. God has to put, if we're listening to God and listening to His Word and what He's saying, He's putting courage into us. And then our role is that if our hearts are changed, that we're going to put courage into other people's lives. We're going to speak light, speak life into other people's lives. And isn't that how God changes the world? God doesn't change the world with the swords. Often people think that's the way it is. We have to have wars. And we see that through Scripture. I know, yes, sometimes in the Old Testament they did that, but we see in the New, Test you know, the New Testament you know, what, what God did through the disciples, how they changed the world. Through 12, uh, and it was more than 12 guys, but we see, you know, it starts with these small number of guys, and then they go out, and from that, we are here today because of them. Through the mouth. Because they spoke Christ into people's lives. And I just, I'm just admired by the people in our history that have done the same thing. You know, the guys like Martin Luther King Jr. What the things that were happening in his time, and what does he do? He speaks. He speaks out. I have a dream. You know, we see William Wilberforce, a politician, speaking out. And going, you know, this, this slave trade is not right. Because his heart was affected by it. He knew that this is not what God wanted. 
So he spoke out and he spent years and years speaking and speaking and speaking to change that and change hearts. You know, Billy Graham, one of the greatest evangelists, used his voice to change hearts, speaking Christ. And it's not, it's not them, it's God working through them because God changed their heart so they were speaking that out. And, and that's my heart that we need to understand how powerful this tongue is. Do you understand how powerful this tongue is? And I, I get it, you know, our words and our actions need to be hand in hand. But we can be one or the other. And I think it's important that they're both together. But some of us aren't speaking up. Some of us are letting people walk past and not sharing, the, sharing Christ with them. They're not using their tongue. And some of us are just whinging and complaining and in this negative mindset. And that's not doing anyone any good. You're letting the world change you. You're letting the world influence you. We want to let God influence us. We want to let God change the world. And He's going to use us to do that. He's going to use our tongues to do that. And I guess the question is, are you going to let Christ change your heart? Or are you going to just be stuck where you are and be in that negative mindset or let those words that have you know, done damage to you and stuck in that, that place? I ask you to let Christ in. Let Christ change your heart and renew your mind. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for those that may be stuck in that place right now, Lord. They're stuck in that negative, uh, Father, you know, they're listening to the enemy, they're listening to the world, you know, they're thinking they're not good enough. Lord, I pray, Father, that we open our ears to you. We listen to what you're saying. We listen to what the Word says about us. And I just pray, Father, that you will change our hearts. We will let you change our hearts, renew our minds, so that we can speak life into the world, so that we can encourage people. Father, that we can go into our workplace and by what we say, we may influence one person. We may change the world. We may change that person's world. And I just pray wherever we go, Father, as a church, we're going we're gonna to speak the light. We're going to speak life wherever we are because our hearts have been changed by you. And I just thank you for the work that some of these, you know, these guys are doing in their, in their unis and their workplaces. And I just pray that we continue doing it and we continue to encourage one another. In your name, amen. Cool, hang around. Have some food. If you've got questions about the message, if you want prayer, maybe, maybe you are in a negative mindset like I was. Don't be afraid to ask the person next to you or your life comm leader or even, you know, come up here and oh, I'm happy to pray with you and just speak life into that, in that situation. Uh, and I just, I truly believe, you know, if you continue to go around, you know, talk to negative people, hang around negative people, you'll never get out of that mindset. But if you hang around people that can speak life and encouragement, you know, they're, they're the people you want to hang around with. <laughs> they're the people you want to be around with. I've never heard anyone say they've been encouraged too much. <laughs> cool. Be the church.